Hello and welcome back once again to the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast. This is episode 139, John and Wendy Talk to Hannah Gay. I'm your host, John. And I'm Wendy. How are you today, John? Wendy, I am well. This is another international episode with a bit of a twist. So I'm super excited about that. Before we get going too far, I wanted to mention something that's going to be coming up. Wendy, you and I have been incredibly appreciative of the opportunities we've had to work with our pals at Paycor this yeah. year. And I'm excited to announce I'm going to be doing another event with them on November 19th at 11 a.m. Eastern time. I'm going to be hosting a Q&A session with them focusing on the manufacturing and construction industries and talking about HR in those worlds everybody's welcome to attend. I'll have a link in the show notes there, but it's going to be run as a Q&A and we're going to be asking for folks. That's what, part of the reason I'm talking about it now is that you have an opportunity to submit questions. If they use your question, they'll actually send you a $25 Uber Eats gift card. Ooh, very cool. Throwing it out there for folks. Like I said, I'll have a link in the show notes, not only to be able to sign up to attend, but also if you'd like to contribute questions, please not about me or about the show, <laughs> but focusing on the industry and really talking shop. And I, I'm really, really excited about it. Thanks to Carly and, and the entire team at Paycor for giving me that mm-hmm. opportunity and just a lot of great things. We continue to talk about other opportunities to work with them. And yeah. uh, this is just another step along that path. November 19th, 11 a.m. Eastern time, industry spotlight. <laughs> you can ask me ask me questions. And again, you may get you may get gifts and they're not from us for once. Right. Very nice. That is awesome. Love, love, love everything that Paycor has been doing this year. So happy to see this uh, Q&A. I think it's going to be a great panel. As I mentioned at the outset, it's an international show, but this one is unique in that when you told me, and I'm going to explain this because Hannah probably hasn't heard the story yet. (laughs) We have two listeners named Hannah that both live overseas. Yep. And Wendy said, I'm talking to Hannah. And I was like, oh, cool. Hannah's in Germany. And she kept saying, Hannah's in Finland and Hannah did this and Hannah's from Wisconsin. And I'm like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't think that's the same Hannah that I've talked to or reached out to. This is, I think, super interesting in that we have someone from the States that is overseas mm-hmm. and has become part of our community. As we've talked about, it's been amazing to see the international growth. But I didn't expect it necessarily to be Americans that are living overseas. Right. So I, I'm really excited. I'm so glad to be able to meet Hannah and to have this conversation today. I'm going to let you make the introduction. We'll get started. Yes. So, so excited to welcome Hannah to the show tonight. She is a Wisconsin expatriate living in Helsinki, Finland. She left her career in HR at the University of Wisconsin-Milwaukee and moved in 2017 to pursue the love for a Finn. Since then, she has adapted to Finnish life, has a daughter, and is now working as a talent acquisition intern at the Nordic's largest talent accelerator called The Shortcut. Well, Hannah, we are so, so excited to have you here today. Our first question is, what's in your glass? So this is Finland's national drink. It's called Long Drink, and it is a carbonated uh, gin and grapefruit beverage. Oh, and it got popular during the Olympics that Finland had in the 70s or 80s, it was. Okay. And it has remained a staple ever since. It's delicious. Wow. It sounds good. It sounds good. It's very good. Can also say that is the first time that that drink has been mentioned on the yes, show. Definitely. Sure. <laughs> but I guess it's getting more popular in the U.S. I hear it's, uh, you can get it in Massachusetts and Ohio, oh, wow. I think. Hannah... So we know where you are now. We know what you're up to. How exactly, though, did you get your start in human resources? 
I actually knew I wanted to pursue human resources when I was in college. Um, so that was a pretty easy path for me right away. And after I graduated with a bachelor's in business human resources, I was able to get work at the same university I graduated from almost immediately. And I've just stuck with it ever since. What was that draw in college? We talked to folks that not only kind of pursue this academically, but also people like me or Wendy that necessarily didn't. What was the draw to begin with for you? Yeah. So like many people, I knew that I wanted to help people. And at first I thought that was going to be through social working, but then I kind of found out a lot of social workers are actually quite depressed and mm -hmm. overworked. And that's when I started to kind of pursue different options that would still let me help people and uh, kind of fell into human resources. That's what made me get into it. I, I'm sure the social work background is helpful mm -hmm. in understanding people and, and how how their brains work. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think it's really paying off now. Now that I'm like an immigrant myself and I'm helping other immigrants here in Finland, I, I absolutely think it's paying off. Interesting. So now, you know, you're looking for full-time work in Finland. Tell us a little bit, how does the workplace in Finland compare to the U.S.? It is completely different. People in Finland and employers really respect uh, personal time and work time. And uh, most people really come back from work at a reasonable hour and then like they're done for the day. You know, they don't have to keep their eye on their emails, their phones, and they don't work on weekends generally. And and we also have like everyone takes a month long vacation every year and it's respected. Wow. It's you don't work during that vacation at all. You're not expected to answer emails or anything like that. Finland really respects that personal personal time with your with your family and time off for just mental health. Like mental health is so big here. You're probably going to get a lot of people wanting to move <laughs> just for yes. that month off. <laughs> I just want to say it's not as easy as, as you think. The easiest way is honestly just to fall in love with someone in Finland. <laughs> That's the easiest way. Otherwise, it is actually quite difficult. Something there that fascinates me, Hannah, and Wendy and I talked about this before we together today, you make this move for a relationship, and I'm assuming that you had to kind of learn what the environment would be like along the way. How has it been to acclimate as an American and with the experience and the education and the background you have, what's it been like in job search as, you're, as you've learned the culture? And it sounds like you like a lot of the, we all like a lot of those things <laughs> that you talked about in terms of the true, true balance and, and four-week four vacations and what have you. What has that journey been like for you? It's been difficult. I'm fortunate that I live in Helsinki. My story would be a lot different if I lived up north in Lapland. So Helsinki is incredibly international, but it's still uh, not easy. I mean, the hardest barrier is to learn Finnish. Um, and it is considered one of the hardest languages to learn. Um, that's mm -hmm. still like the English alphabet. And so I'm, I still don't know hardly a sentence in Finnish. That's like the first hurdle, I think, for immigrants. The second is adapting to all the different processes here, too, and getting like uh, your banking um, credentials. It's interesting that like you can't do anything without first getting set up with a bank. Hmm. And the bank will set up like these identifying passcodes that you will use for everything to signing, signing into any kind of bill. Like if you have to pay your phone bill, you need bank credentials. And it's quite hard to get when you first move here. Uh, so that's what, that was like a s second and big hurdle for most immigrants. Um, but then in terms of job searching, 
it's I, I know a lot of immigrants that are very, very highly educated and masters in their field that have found no meaningful work here for years. There is still a lot of discrimination against immigrants, and especially if you don't speak fluent Finnish. And there's a lot of discrimination if your degree was earned outside Finland. They see that as a disadvantage. And so, yeah, all these hurdles actually has made it very difficult to find paid work. Most immigrants here find paid work through offering pro bono services and networking. And what is the American ex- expat community like there? Is it fairly robust around a lot of people similar to your situation or not? I don't know too many American expats. Um, most of my friends are from all around the world. Surprisingly, I thought I was going to run into more American expats too. But actually, there, I have friends from Germany and South Africa and China and Taiwan and everywhere around the world. And my American expats are quite few, but we do kind of stick together. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit more about work. I appreciate you sharing that because, again, I, I, I was just fascinated the more I was thinking about your particular situation. Again, not thinking we'd be having Americans living elsewhere taking part like this. But in your last role, you helped do a startup redesign for, for onboarding and helping them find fit and working with remote employees. You know, What are some of the things that you learned from that project? Are you able to apply them going forward? Sure. So uh, my organization, we've been hit by the pandemic just like everyone else. Um, so all of our tools have, been, have to be basically free. Um, so the first hurdle is kind of finding out what channel is the best to help you get people onboarded, and we decided on Google Classroom. And it, the tool has been great. Um, so that was the first thing that we learned was Google Classroom was actually a great resource um, for onboarding. The second thing that I have learned, and I'm still trying to kind of figure out, is how to build healthy, meaningful connections between the people that are onboarding together. You know, how can I facilitate more kind of like meetups and events that they can kind of do together? At the shortcut, we have staff and we have interns. And the staff member team is quite close as they have daily meetings together. But the interns, I'm still trying to figure out like how to build healthier relationships together with them. Um, so that's still something I'm trying to learn how to do. I think that's one area that a lot of people are struggling with right now is, is how do you make those meaningful connections when you are not in the same room? Which, you know, that's, I think that kind of goes into some of that networking that you were talking about and how much more difficult it must be, especially as an ex- expat in a different country, not speaking the language, trying to network in the middle of a pandemic to, to meet people. I can't even imagine how you would, you know, happy hours take on a whole different meaning, a different meaning now than, than they did before. Absolutely. So I'm really trying to find new ways of facilitating an Omar video face-to-face that isn't just in work meetings. That's been a challenge. Some of the interns that we hire, they're never going to see the office. It's not just thinking that one day we're all going to be back in the office together. Many of these interns are only going to be with us four to six months. And it's like, how can I still make them a part of the team, even though that they might never see the office, I would say. I think that's something we're all dealing with. And we have a lot of listeners that work with interns. And I would tell them once we get to your contact information later, connect with Hannah and give her some input on what some people are doing because we are all working, trying to figure out the remote 
deal. And you're absolutely right. We may never see people or maybe once and, and not again. How do we engage? And it, it is a very different thing for sure. Hannah, we actually connected because you attended Eric Kershaw's lunch date when I was speaking and then you felt moved to share information on LinkedIn. So kind of going back to that networking theme, how did you find his lunch date and what else has stood out from you from his dates together? Yes. So I found Eric's uh, lunch dates through Hacking HR and Rick's um, podcast. And Eric was uh, a speaker on there. And I, I thought what he had to say was really compelling and found him on LinkedIn and then found found the lunch dates. And I've just been a fan and have been going to them as, as many as I can now. Along with his lunch dates, I also found Steve Brown. I didn't know him either. I'm quite young in the HR industry, I would say, and I don't know all these networks and these connections. So it's been really fun to find out who like all the big players are. Well, I'm glad that you found us. Has there been um, something else from any of the lunch dates that's kind of stood out to you and kind of inspired you to get involved a little bit more, do some more of the online networking? Yeah, so it kind of goes back to that uh, Steve Brown's um, Building Meaningful Connections episode. That was that kind of hit me pretty, pretty hard, kind of, I would say. And um, I would say because of, of the lunch dates and some of these episodes that I have definitely had more courage to reach out to people and how to reach out to people too, and what to share on LinkedIn and that it's okay to have that vulnerable side. And I really liked your episode too, Wendy. <laughs> Well, I'm glad that you came to that one. I think it was, yeah, it was a lot of fun to do. And and I think that's kind of been the key, what Steve has shared and a lot of others in that, you know, we don't have to know all the answers and, and have the perfect response right now. Being out there and, and sharing where we're struggling, I think that's one of the, hate to say one of the good things, but it, it has been something good that's come out of the, the pandemic. So glad that you're here with us today and that we're getting a chance to introduce you to the community. And so hopefully we can find some connections for you now that we're getting more and more international as well. Hannah, it is now time for everyone's favorite part of our show, which is the half hour question connection. What career did you dream of having when you were a child? Uh, okay. Well, if you see on LinkedIn, I, I title myself as HR Xena because I wanted to be Xena when I was a little girl. And then I wanted to be like a firefighter and then an astronaut and then somehow made a shift to lawyer and then social worker and now HR. <laughs> it's been a journey. I don't think we've had Xena Warrior Princess come up yet. I love nope. it. No, nope. I love that you're embracing that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. And I, um, I've even named my daughter uh, Zoe after Zoe Bell, who was the stunt double for, for Xena. Who's one person you've gained in your network in the last year that you think more people should know? I've been looking into a lot in employer branding. I think a lot of HR professionals are looking at employer branding, and I don't think there's a lot of great resources out there for it. So uh, there is a Helsinki local named Susanna Rantanen, and she does a podcast and blog called The Modern Employer Branding Guide. And I absolutely love it, and I have learned so much from her. and. That is my recommendation to everyone else. Love it. It is not often we get recommendations from outside the U.S. That's very true. But I was hoping I actually made that a goal, you know, to give you a recommendation. <laughs> well, Hanny, even though you're not too far into your own HR career, if a new HR professional approached you and asked for one piece of advice, what would you tell them? I would say to learn as much as you can 
uh, on your own time and outside of work. Don't wait for work to teach you what you need to know. Go out and learn new things on your own, on your own time and bring it back to work with you. Hannah, how do you enjoy giving back to the HR community or community at large? How I do that is I really want to improve the image people have of HR. And I do that by really helping other immigrants with their employability. I help them with mock interviews and CV writing skills and just job search strategy in general. That's what I do to help out. What is your favorite movie? My favorite movie is the Lord of the Rings trilogy or Alien. They're both pretty high on my list. Oh, wow. <laughs> They're quite different movies, but I Very love them different. <laughs> How about your favorite musician or band? Uh, my favorite is this gypsy punk band, Go Go Berdello. Oh, yeah. If you know who they are, you know they have absolute amazing stage performance. And they are incredible and their energy is so high. And I love them. Awesome. How about a favorite TV show? Favorite TV show, Parks and Rec. Pretty high up there, but so is uh, Better Call Sal and... My husband and I really enjoy watching 90 Day Fiance. <laughs> a lot. We watch a that lot. That is not the first time that show has come up. No, I don't think uh... so. <laughs> As someone from the States and particularly like a Parks and Rec that's been around for a long time, what is it like in Helsinki? In, is it, are you getting those through streaming services? Are these things that are just on television or you know theaters there? Or how does that work? There is a lot of American television on in Finland. The 90 Day Fiance is on, but we also do stream as well. We have like all the streaming apps and Amazon, Netflix and, and HBO. Um, but there is a lot of American television, surprisingly. If you're not watching Lord of the Rings or Alien, you're not listening to Gogol Bordello or watching some of the shows we talked about, what else do you like to do outside of work? So uh, we have what's called a Mekki, which is a Finnish summer cottage. Most Finnish families have one. And they spend as much time as possible at them. And typically, it's just a small cottage, may or may not have electricity and water. And it sit right on the side of a lake. And it's just perfect. It's just a little slice of heaven for all fins. That sounds lovely. It really, really is. <laughs> it's my sauna, of course. Of course. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, Hannah, finally, it is Hannah Gay Day all around the world. What are people doing to celebrate? To celebrate, you don't wake up before 9 a.m. <laughs> and when you do wake up, you have brunch with mimosas. And then after that, you spend the whole day outside doing anything you love. Walking, mushroom picking, anything, any kind of sport. Oh, I love it. That would be Hannah Day. I love it. I appreciate the fact that you brought up not waking up before 9 a.m. Because right. I think it is fair to say no one has ever given any kind of parameters to my day is not starting until X. Right. I appreciate no. that. I like, I like that you've thought through that enough to say, I'm not get, I don't want to wake up. And when I do, I'm going to have my mimosa. <laughs> yeah. brunch. But yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. Well, I have uh, a one and a half year old daughter. So it's not yeah. <laughs> anymore. Nice. Even with your daughter, is that a fairly finished thing to do is to have brunch at mimosas at nine? Is that something you brought from home? No, that's something I, I think, I think brunch is becoming more popular here, okay. but I still don't hear it talked about enough. Everybody we've talked to, we've talked about COVID and we were, somehow missed it here. I am curious, Hannah, how obviously we've all been affected. What has it been like there as far as 
shut down and affecting the community and what have you? Uh, great question. Um, so I just looked it up before this podcast. Uh, we have 12,000 cases and about 350 deaths total in Finland. Hmm. Um, so it's not very high when you compare it to the U.S., um, sure. but people still take it very seriously here. Um, most people wear masks in public. And just today, the government has said no gatherings over 20 people. And uh, there is a large amount of trust between the public and the government uh, here in Finland. So what they say goes. The Finns really follow the rules and they trust their government. And so when they say to wear a mask, you wear a mask. If they say, you know, only wear a mask on public transportation, then that's what they'll do. But the really hard thing has been kids in school and daycare. Uh, They've really changed the rules a lot on parents and daycare. And and that has been difficult sometimes. Um, They've been wanting to get kids tested at the very first sign of runny nose. And it threw the whole health system off. Like they couldn't test that many kids and test like adults and week-long waiting times. And it was horrible. But they quickly kind of backtracked. And now we're kind of on a good path. I appreciate that. And like I said, we've typically asked that question and we certainly should ask, particularly when we have an international perspective. I can't thank you enough for doing this. Yeah. I should point out to the listeners, we're recording. So it's Saturday afternoon in the States. It is late in the evening in, in Finland. And Hannah's been kind enough to take some time out of her evening to spend with us. And again, I appreciate you sharing your perspective on all these things that are going on because it has helped. I know it has certainly enhanced my worldview and my understanding. And Wendy, I think, would agree with me, too. And for our listeners to have different voices and different perspectives of what's going on around us that we don't always think about. Most of our listeners, I know you're fairly new to Twitter, so most of our listeners are probably not connected. If they do want to get in touch with you, what's the best way for them to reach you out there? Sure. So you can reach me on Twitter with HRZena. Or you can find me on LinkedIn just with Hannah Gay, and I'm the only one living in Helsinki. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we will have those in the show notes. And then, Wendy, how about you? What's the best way for listeners to find you out there? Uh, best way is on my blog, mydailyjourney.com. Daily is D as in dog, A-I-L-E-Y. And, of course, the second and fourth Sunday of each month, you will find me on Twitter at 7 p.m. Eastern time as part of our HR Social Hour Twitter chat. How about you, John? Once again, uh, I will have links in the show notes to my session with Paycor, so please check that out. Or if you know people in the manufacturing construction spaces, uh, send it along. You ask a question they use, $25 Uber Eats card. Yeah. That's for me, uh, johntherman.com for all things John Thurman. And for the show, hrsocialhourpodcast.podbean.com. Listen, rate, review, share. International listeners, I keep saying it. Your numbers keep growing, so I know you're listening. Please contact us. Let's continue to have these international conversations. Again, I think it only increases and, and improves our worldview and understanding of what's going on in HR, just in the world in general. And we thank all of you for being part of that community. Mm-hmm. So Hannah, again, thank you for your time and for being with us. So for the HR Social Hour Half Hour Podcast, I'm John. And I'm Wendy. And as always, be sure to connect, give back, and network. network. Take care, everybody. We'll see you soon. 